in this edition of Hoopsology. Matt and Justin welcome the author of the basketball book of Why and Who, What, When, and Where, and How, which is available now, Wayne Stewart. This book is a must-read for any basketball fan, and Wayne breaks down the creative process of the book, as well as providing interesting facts about the entirety of the game of basketball. You don't want to miss this chat. Um, and go check out the book as well. It has a lot of great facts, especially for um, a lot of young readers who are just getting into the game of basketball. It's a fantastic intro and just to the history of this game that we love so much. So without further ado, Wayne Stewart. He is the author of the basketball book of why and who and what, when, where, and how, which is available now at your local bookstore. We welcome Wayne Stewart onto Hoopsology. Welcome, Wayne. Hey, thanks. Good to be with you guys. Good for you to come on to the show. Uh, Matt and I are really passionate about the sport of basketball, and this book is right up our alley. Um, so let's not waste any time and hop into it. And we're really compelled just about how many facts are in the book. So during your research, what was kind of the thing that stood out to you just compiling this book? Yeah, you know, a lot of my books are based on uh, interviews I've done with some, you know, some pretty big names, some Hall of Famers. But this book was more, as you say, factual and, and uh, factoids and uh, just a, a wide range of uh, things. But the one thing that my research did uh, disclose, some things that surprised me. Um, I'm going to read some of them directly from the book so I don't uh, miss out on anything. Sure. But I had forgotten when I was a kid, because I go back to the 60s, uh, in 1960, the NBA draft lasted, lasted. It just dragged on for 21 rounds. Uh, wow. Teams were allowed to, con yeah. Teams were allowed to continue to pick until they pretty much said, eh, "There's nobody left. There are no prospects," which makes me wonder there were really that many prospects. But you know, it was it was kind of goofy. Uh, for example, as recently, not recent really, but in 1970 when they were still doing this, the guy that was drafted lowest or you know stayed in round after round the longest was a guy named Mark Gabriel. Never heard of him. You'd expect a guy drafted 239th player. He's not going to make it. But yeah, that was strange how they did it. Uh, I mean, one year, through, from rounds 14 to 18, there were only two teams left saying, yeah, I'll pick another. And the last three rounds were like, nobody was picking except the, I think it was the Cincinnati Royals. And they chose like a couple more guys. And then finally, that was it. So I remembered though, Sometimes there would be sort of gimmick or promotional or uh, stunt picks, you know, publicity stunts. In 1977, the Kings drafted the Olympic gold medal winner, Bruce Jenner. Now, <laughs> they did that. Yeah, they did that. Of course, he's coming off a of gold medal, as I said. But they did it kind of to make fun of Crosstown Kansas City Chiefs because the Chiefs for, I don't know, four or five, ten years in a row, they were always saying we're going after, going after the, quote, best athlete available. So the Cathlon winner, they picked Bruce Jenner as a, as a stunt, as I said. Uh, got a couple others for you. In 1970, only 57 men who were drafted made it to a roster. Now, lately, 2019, 2020, all but two of the 60 guys picked did not wind up in the league. So it's much more selective, more scientific, uh, and, and it's more streamlined, that's for sure. Uh, some of the other items that were like... I don't know, gimmicky. Uh, in 2013, uh, Dallas owner Mark Cuban said he was going to draft a Brittany uh, Griner, uh, but he didn't. And um, a few other quick surprising things. I knew 
that Jim Brown who played for Syracuse, you know, was a fantastic football player, set records. And I knew he was outstanding. I think he's in the lacrosse Hall of Fame, too, in addition to football. But I didn't realize he was such a basketball star. Uh, in his junior year, he averaged 15 points a game. And the only other thing that I can think of was, um, I don't know if you guys can remember the name Dick Rode. I mean, that's a long time ago, but he, of course, was the first guy to have his uniform retired in uh, Cameron. And um, he was the first man who unofficially led the country in both scoring and assists. Trey Young did it later. Uh, but Grode didn't get credit because assists weren't officially counted, I guess. But the thing, the thing that was kind of coincidental is that Dick Grote uh, roomed with Richard Nixon's brother at Duke. And I absolutely never heard of this, but one of the Blue Devil assistant coaches way back when was Red Arbeck. Never knew that. Wow, that, that that's a really interesting tidbits. And, and you mentioned yeah. just um, the NBA in particular in its relationship with gimmicks. And I feel that that's permeated even till now. Why do you think the NBA in particular is so, for lack of a better term, in love with gimmicks? I mean, we see the in-season tournament. We see NBA All-Star Saturday. We see all kinds of things happen during that day mm -hmm. compared to other sports where it remains a little bit more traditional. Yeah, my only hunch is that uh, they're trying to uh, appeal to the younger generation. Uh, something, uh, you know, baseball, and I, I write primarily about baseball, but I've done a lot of basketball, football. Baseball really lagged behind, and you know Pete Rozelle comes in, the NFL surges, and I think the NBA did a, a great job of marketing, uh, you know, especially around I guess the era of Bird and and uh, Magic, uh, much better with some of their commercials appealing to younger people and what have you, than uh, than certainly baseball. So I think some of these things, people were getting tired. I think of the traditional All Star games, the Pro Bowl and football. You know that's been. Uh, a joke, or was for many, many years. They changed their format. Uh, the baseball tinkered, but the NBA, I think, is what—that's um, what they're doing. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Wayne, compared to other sports that you've researched, I mean, basketball—the initial rules of the game very different than, of course, the encore product that we see today. Has basketball had? more less tendency to do these reiterations compared to other sports that you've researched? Well, I know in my, in my personal opinion, as far as the rule changes, I mean, the evolution of the game itself and the, the equipment and so on is obvious, but uh, some of the rule things uh, um, I'd have to say they have done a lot better than some other sports. Baseball never felt, and I, I think basically it's true that they had to make significant changes. The, for decades, nothing changed in baseball from like the outlawing of the spitball in 1920 until the DH, which was like 74, something like that. But the NBA, um, uh, you know, there, there are some rules I don't like because I'm, I'm an old timer as far as like the carrying the ball and, and the uh, and mm. uh, taking steps. But that's, uh, you know, I think younger people, I know my sons, they can live with it more than I can. So uh, maybe I'm just a dinosaur in that regard, but, um, yeah, good job. And, um, I don't know that there's that much need for change. You know, they introduced, of course, the three point line, but that's been long ago. So I, I don't know. I, I would say they're, they're, they've done a pretty solid job. 
how do you compare the evolution of the game of basketball to his contemporaries? Um, just we mentioned earlier, just about the gimmicks, but also creativity as well. Um, with the game of mm-hmm. basketball, um, with other sports, do you feel like basketball is very unique in that fashion in terms of just the creativity of what happens on the court with the participants? Yeah, I think so. I don't really have a strong opinion or strong uh, uh, take on all that. But uh, on the most simple terms I can say, I think you're absolutely right. I'm sure you've probably discussed this on your podcast and so on. But uh, the NBA has been pretty progressive. And uh, I think they have a pulse, like I say, on the youth better than you know baseball does. Uh, I-, I love baseball. They sped things up. You know, games were going three hours routinely and uh, playoff games four hours or whatever. But the NBA with the speed, the tempo and the athleticism nowadays, you know, bigger, faster, stronger. Yeah, I I think you're probably right. Looking over the eras of basketball, I mean, is are there kind of specific definitions that you would personally set on, on each era. I mean, it, it feels like when we hear basketball discussed and like the history of basketball, I mean, really a lot of before the NBA, ABA merger is, is kind of this fog. And I mean, you hear about Wilt, you hear about, you know, Russell and, and that first major dynasty in the NBA, but are there like specific eras and specific moments, I guess, where you would categorize those eras? I think, first of all, it's pretty subjective as far as like when you grew up, Mm. for example. I think if you talk to a guy who was around long enough to have seen Bob Cousy, you know, he'd have a different take than I do on Cousy. When I watch some of the old footage of guys taking those uh, running hook shots and and George Mike and, uh, you know, I thought as a kid growing up with Chamberlain, Hal Greer, those guys, that uh, the old timers like Kuzi, I thought it was a joke. And uh, I've, I've listened to and interviewed some guys who are are not from the Kuzi era, but uh, they would be maybe players from the 70s. And they said, no, no, they had great respect for him. So it's all relative how you measure a guy within his own time frame. You know, if I led the uh, if I led the major leagues in home runs by a margin of 20 homers like Babe Ruth or what have you. Uh, back then, that's staggering. It doesn't happen now. So it, I think there's some relativity there. But to answer your question, uh, if you go back to the old days, like at one time, we didn't even call it the NBA. There was a league called the NBL. Uh, mm. They were very progressive. They broke the color barrier by signing black players five years before Jackie Robinson. That also surprised me when I did the research. So you're talking ancient history going way, way back to those days. And then to, in my mind, uh, I'm going to go with, yes, the era of Kuzi and the guys in the 50s, what have you. The game was progressing. You know, you started to get the big man with Mike and and, and it became more sophisticated. But then when Wilt came along, yeah, to me, that's a different. Again, just as my evolution as, as a fan, I would go from the Wilt era then onto the uh, Bird-Johnson era. And then once, uh, you know, Michael Jordan came along, Shaq. Then you lead and kind of, to me, it's more of a smooth transition because there was always another superstar coming along. You know, we go from, you know, let's say Magic to Jordan, uh, Shaq comes along and and what have you. And then, you know, gee whiz, nowadays LeBron, I mean, he's ancient. Youngsters that are going to take his place. So, yeah, it's interesting, the transition. Now, I noticed in your book, you have a chapter on Pistol Pete Maravich. 
and just watching his highlights, it seems like he's way ahead of his time compared to his contemporaries. Can you elaborate on that? Because in this, I think TNT did a um, profile on him and it, just watching his highlights, it was just amazing. It kind of envious. I didn't get to see him, you know, in person, just watch it live. But it just, the way he played on the court was really just uh, such ahead of its time. So could you elaborate on that? What inspired you just to add a chapter about that? Well, you know, I didn't really set out to do an entire chapter on the guy, but the more research you do, you're thinking he deserves a lot more ink than, uh, than I originally thought. And as a kid, watching him when he was in college, uh, you'd hear these statistics of how he was shattering records left and right that were going to remain, you know, insurmountable. Um, but um, a couple of things in the research astonished me. One was yeah, he accounted for, I forget the percentage off the top of my head, but the, the huge percentage like Caitlin Clark is doing now of his LSU team. And um, the thing that really astonished me was you want those guys in the old days, you know, oh, is he just a gunner? No, you want these guys to put the ball up, even if they're not clicking 100% that day. But he, there was one year, I can't remember exactly, but I think if you take his uh, and made field goals, away from the team. The rest of the team actually, I thought, shot a little better. Now, I'd have to look it up in the book uh, again, but it was something along those lines which just, you know, staggered me. But yet, do you want the ball in his hands? Yeah. Playmaking, shooting. Um, and he was just superlative. I was, I guess I kind of lost track of him in the NBA a little bit because I didn't realize just how great he was or appreciate how great he was after he left college, I, mean, I still enjoyed him and, and so on, but he was buried with the, the jazz for a while. Uh, and then um, I, I guess, you know, bottom line is he deserves the chapter. And uh, I think if he was on the list of what the all time top 50 players when they went with that team. And yeah, he was, uh, he was something else ahead of the game. Like you say, leaving guys in his dust. Wayne, I, I have kind of um I don't know, I guess a theoretical question for you since since you've looked at all these eras and and done this research, you know, you mentioned baseball and there's heavy importance on statistics, analytics, um, and legacies are built on those totals, like home run king, who's the home run king, all all these uh great milestones that these players achieve. With the NBA, do you see with the trend now being, you know, in this fast paced three point era, are statistics kind of skewed? Like just as an example, I know Justin and I were kind of raised on nineties basketball. Um, and back then, you know, it was pretty rare for players to score 30 points in a game or certainly for like consecutive games, you know, and then looking at like 40, 50 point games, almost unheard of, maybe would happen mm -hmm. once or twice a season, uh, especially in that 50 point range. Uh, do you see any sort of like, I don't know the way to put it, not to diminish anyone, because I certainly feel the league is deeply talented right now, but is our perception of the league a little bit skewed with how the pace of, of the game has changed? Again, I think that probably depends on your age, because like you're saying, you're looking at it with a rearview mirror of the, of the 90s. Mm. Uh, but I, I think, you know, every it's really unfair to compare generations, you know, comparing Kuzi to Oscar Robertson and, and the, you know, for Stockton and these guys. But I, I think you have some a contrast. You know, there there's definitely a, a changes along those lines. Um, yeah, I... 
don't know what to add except um, um, that I guess what I said originally, it, it's, it's all depends on your frame of mind and, and your point of view, you know. Yeah. And, and so like going, you know, bigger picture with that kind of continuing on that, you know, I, I don't know if it's more of a recent, you know, kind of like past 20 years narrative, but we always go through these reviewing. I mean, we did it on our show recently, like talking about this goat discussion and, and mm. things like that. When you mm. look at conversations like that, is, is that sort of another, I, I guess, big thing to consider is the eras and, and is there any sort of way to compare between those eras? I mean, you look at, you know, like Bill Russell, classic example, that's definitely one of the greats to ever do it, but mm. it's so hard to weigh that between other eras of the sport. Right. You know, you're not going to be able to bring Bill Russell to life and put him in an arena today and say, this is the Russell <laughs> yeah. of his prime, you know, and you can computer generate or guess all you want. But the, the one thing I, I touched upon a little bit before is some baseball experts will say something like, okay, let's look at Pedro Martinez, the year he led the, you know, the league in ERA and the nearest guy was X, you know, behind him. Uh, that still doesn't, you know, we're talking DH, we're talking night baseball, we're talking was baseball integrated or not integrated. So that's what's one of the beauties of all sports is we can debate this forever. You know, I can say, well, Babe Ruth didn't have to face a fresh reliever. And you can say, yeah, I know, but, you know, he had the whatever, you know, uh, they have better training now. You know, so it's impossible, but uh, it's, fun to, it's fun to debate it. And what gets me, because I'm biased, is I look at how many records, you know, Will Chamberlain set. And I touch upon him a lot in the book because, I mean, Jay Wiz, 100 points. And if you look at the top 10 scores lifetime, you know, his name's there, what, I don't know, eight times or seven, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and like you were saying, too, about you're not going to see too many guys score 50 points, uh, you know, nowadays in a game. And you look at the, the, the time David over the last day of the season and one score, I forget, 70, the other score, 63 points. Uh, you know, some of these things are astonishing, but again, it gets back to what we said. It's debatable, but it's fun to do that. And I guess that's why you have to, if you're really a hardcore fan of the sport, you got to kind of know the history of the sport and, and read up right. on it to know the context. <laughs> well, you know, that's absolutely true because I know um, I, I look at things like, so-and-so, Hack Wilson in baseball, hit 56 homers, had 191 RBIs in 1930. Uh, that was the year that the ball was juiced. You know, the whole league, and I think the American League hit 300 as, as a league, something like that. And then you look at, uh, you know, the year McGuire and Sosa battled, but that's tainted. So you have to know your history to be able to say something, to even be able to, like we're saying earlier, uh, compare, uh, you know, Bob Cousy to somebody nowadays. You have to know your history. You know, maybe he didn't score a thousand points, Kuzi. Well, that wasn't his role. He was with the Celtics. It's it's all uh, speculative, but it's all, as you say, um, dependent upon your uh, knowledge of the game, for example. Wayne, this has been a fantastic chat. Thank you for spending some time with us. Sure. Please let our audience know where they can just find a book, what other projects you're working on, anything else you want our audience to know as well. Yeah, I think the easiest thing would be to go on a site like Amazon because there was a, a, a book about baseball, which I didn't do, which led to a book called the, the Football Book of Why. 
And they found the series to be so successful that they said, let's do one on basketball. But I've done like, I think it's up to like 40 books now, most on baseball, a lot on basketball, a lot on football. And the easiest thing would be to scan some of the things and, you know, the subjects and say, I'm interested in humor and the colorful characters of baseball. Well, there's a book called Wit, Wits, Flakes, and Clowns that explores just that. Uh, you're into the rules of a sport. I did a book on uh, uh, the rules of baseball, the rules of basketball, and the rules of football. So it really wide range of, of books. If anybody would like to check me out, just type in Wayne Stewart under Barnes and Noble or Amazon and, and see what you can find. Awesome, Wayne. Thank you for spending some time with us. Really oh, appreciate sure. it. Thank you. It was fun. You guys know your stuff. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Hoopsology presented by Boss Life. If you have comments or questions about this episode, please email hoopsologypod at gmail.com. Also, leave us a review on iTunes and follow us on all social media platforms.